whiskey on diesel boats, they call us bubblehead. Our blood is laced with diesel smoke for sailors to the end. Our diesels wind through the salty brine until we take her deep. Back everybody to the Pair of Kings podcast. I'm your host, Saul Thompson. You can find me on Instagram at Saul Thompson. I'm joined this week not only by my wonderful co-host. I'm Michael Smith. You can find me on Instagram at, at underscore Smithstagram. But by designer, architect, 3D designer, which I think is different than normal design. The man behind the sets at Telfar TV, which are incredible if you haven't go gone and seen those. You've probably seen them on Telfar's website. Um, but without further ado, we have none other than Harry Chada. Um, Harry, what is your Instagram at? I don't know it off the top of my head. It's just uh, at Harry Chada underscore. Oh, okay. Same on Twitter. Easy. You are you are of of those enlightened few who couldn't get the Instagram name they wanted, so they had to put an <laughs> underscore in it. I've been begging the guy like it's just some random dude in India who has this like handle who's been squatting on it for years and I've DM'd him like every other year or something <laughs> dude, zero followers like and I I just can't get it so as as he responded or no no no, no, no. This, this is clearly pers- is someone that just like never uses Instagram and uh, they just squatted on the name a long time ago and now I can't get my actual <laughs> The guy who uses Smithstagram, it's a private account, but his name is Joshua Smith, and he refers to himself as an LA real estate guru. Oh, that's not Good great. Company. Company. And it's bad. Oh god, my um, we should probably cut this out in a second. But my uh, my computer is threatening to auto update again, and I think it's going to keep doing this, and it's going to potentially uh close all my apps in half an hour. So we'll find out. Okay. Well, if I drop off suddenly, just like hold up, and I'll be back. Okay. Yeah, we can keep this in. It'll be the the is Michael here game within yeah. a game. As per usual, leave me some blanks. I'll come be funny in between. I'll do some ad libs. Ad libs later. We'll backtrack. <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah. L.A. real estate guru, foodie, hip hop aficionado, world traveler, USC Trojan, hubby dad, and elusive third generation L.A. native. Smithstagram. Third generation. Wow. This guy's been a yuppie all his life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Generational yuppie. Generational yuppie. Oh, that, that, all right. That's terrible. That's my worst enemy. Smithstagram. Have you offered him money for his... his I have his made hat? no contact. Okay. What money could I offer the yuppie that would tempt him? <laughs> <laughs> What's a mob to a king? <laughs> I'm going to travel to LA and I'm going to pretend that I want to buy a house and I'm going to threaten him physically. You're going to be like the guy in you just following him around. You'll have him in like a plexiglass room in a basement. This is an actionable threat. It can be used against me in a court of law. (laughs) Joshua Smith. If he runs it. So this is, this is delving into my, like, you know, I'm crazy. Uh, If he has a real estate, guru he's probably got an address located for a business you could probably figure out where he lives quite easily it's time i'm gonna get that <laughs> username we'll do we'll do me and then we'll, and then we'll we'll do we'll do harry chata next we'll go find that guy <laughs> yeah i mean i like looked it up again zero followers zero posts zero following um and i've messaged him in 2016 2018 and 2021 <laughs> <laughs> to no response uh there's I there really should be a like a like system for once a like if there's been no activity 
No one's logged yeah, on or anything yeah. for like, like a come decade. On. Like IG, let me hold that shit. Come on. Like <laughs> yeah. IG, like gotta let me hold that shit. Like it's one underscore away. And this fool is n- clearly not on Instagram. No, yeah. not at all. We're going to run out of usernames eventually. Yeah, we'll all just be like numbers. Yeah. I've been trying to get the name Sol, like S-O-L or S-O-L-T for the longest time. Oh, getting a three letter. Good luck. Yeah. So I want it, but I don't know if I'll be able to get it. Unfortunately, those sell for good money. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who'd want salty, S O L T, but I mean, any startup ever, like yeah, salt. We're like salt. kind of a yeah. We're not like your dad's salt salts. brand. This exactly. isn't your dad's Morton's. <laughs> they hired like a graphic designer in Flatiron to do their logo, and it's just S O L T, but with like one of the letters is a different font. So there, <laughs> there is, there is a there is someone on salt. Uh, salty uh their name is mikhail uh two posts one is oh it's you you commented on it you said can oh, i yeah. have your username <laughs> a good one for that would just be like a new version of saltine crackers i feel like you could, oh, you could sit on that yeah just like a the, very like gen z or millennial branded saltine crackers and they're just we're disrupting the, the cracker industry <laughs> we're disrupting this is yo you being a narc uh 223 weeks ago me adding yeah, on on the uh two two and something years ago on the salt Instagram you tagged you tagged at Instagram and said inactive. <laughs> and that was like 20 weeks after you said, "Can I have your username? I'll pay you." Yeah, I couldn't let him have it for that long. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can't believe I narked on him. Did I really? Yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. I'm proud of that. Oh, that's amazing. That's, oh my goodness. But I'm going to make it. Let's get this podcast rolling the the pair of kings and I guess every other fashion podcast way with a fit check. Harry, you want to you want to lead us off? Tell us what you're wearing. Oh, we got all right. So down here bottoms, we're going to go bottom up. Um I have some sandals on from India. They're basically like what I like to call grandfather sandals cuz okay. only Indian grandfather <laughs> but they're called Hush. I think they're called Hush puppies, which is a weird brand for like oh, I know sandals that. in India. Yeah, they might be like, or it's just like they're sold in India a lot, I guess. Anyways, um, some family brought them back, so I just wear them around the house. Um, then I got some uh, some socks, which are Telfar socks, which are actually mm. great socks. Plug. Hell yeah. Um, Wranglers on uh, on top of the long johns. And then tea is just a, tea is from Something Special Studios, actually. Um, Michael Michael gave it gave me a, a shout out to them. Nice. And then up top is the the turban because you know it's a rocket every day. Classic. Um, what's the what 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 kind of Wranglers? What kind of Wranglers man are you? I'm whatever's in my dad's closet Wrangler. So it's just what like every two years he just I just end up with a few pairs and nice. they're just go great. Yeah, nice. very long lasting. Um, blue collar ass Wranglers. So I don't have to like go to some shop in Bushwick to get them. What does your dad do? Pay a hundred dollars. He's a trucker. He's been driving a truck for like 30 years. That's sick. Yeah, that's one crazy. of um, my old wheeler. favorite YouTube channels was this guy who would just vlog about being a long distance trucker. He was really cool. Yeah. I forget his name, but yeah, that was back in the day before like I started growing up. We started doing mm. local, but yeah. Mm. This sick. is in Texas. Yeah, this is in Texas. So we're, I'm from Houston, I was born and raised in Houston. So all around Texas, and then yeah, I used to go cross country before, like what when I was. So you oh, must yeah. be a Rockets fan, right? Are you an Astros yeah, huge fan? Huge Rockets fan, huge Astros fan, Ugh. diehard Astros fan. Boo! 
Like I got all this shit up. Let's go. All right, we gotta end this podcast. I actually know nothing about this. (laughs) Ayo, suck my dick. Suck my dick, Yankees. (laughs) (laughs) And Saul is gone. (laughs) Now you want to be a sports podcast? I could talk sports. I was at the World Series. I was also there when they got swept. (laughs) If you guys talk sports, I'm gonna um I'm gonna start looking at Twitter. (laughs) I uh no the the door just started buzzing, so I had to open that. Uh huh. I got it. But yeah, no, I hate the Astros. I have nothing but just like nothing but respect for Rockets fans who have been down and out for the longest time. Like you guys have nothing good. Yeah, you got James Harden in 2016, insane. and then you got bumped by the Warriors after Chris uh, Paul got injured, which is ridiculous. You saying these names is how I learned that Rockets is a basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're gonna actually me coming on here. This is turning into part of the Ringer Network. Oh God. <laughs> The ringer has such whack takes sometimes. It's kind of astounding. Yeah, when are we going to get signed to Barstool? Oh, Dave Portnoy. I want to watch. Yo, Dave Dave Portnoy, give me a give me a watch. Oh, he started a watch company that's like terrible watches, no? Oh yeah, it's like drop shipped. <laughs> it's like legit like he is he is there's like a uh there's a place where you can order the watch. So he's selling them for like 2000 or something. And he's like <laughs> He's drop shipping them with custom engraving because they offer custom engraving and the custom engraving just says his company name. So he's just like he's like laser engraving and drop shipping some like Canal Street Rollies, like like rebranded Canal Street Rollies. They're like a slight step up like they're I think they're like a few hundred, but he's for sure like he's selling them for like a few thousand. Are you kidding? No, no, this is this was a whole and he's just been like getting reamed on Twitter. Well, I'm not yeah, surprised. It's, just, it's not like really aligned with their their base. The, the Brick Watch base. Company. That's Brick? What it's called. Yeah, Brick Watch. I, you know, he's doing something. We're talking about it. He's Shit doing something brick. right. That is true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they're $2,400. Um, uh, what the I can't fuck? tell you. Someone pointed out. Yeah, I don't know. We're, this is not. We're not going to do the Pair of Kings thing where I read an article and try and find the fact <laughs> I'm loosely quoting. Uh, so give me a fit check. Uh, sure. Uh, I'm wearing a pair of um, I was gonna say denim, a pair of pants from a uh, good friend Champ over at Hybrid. Um, they're black jeans, the ones that I fed to the bugs that Michael's gonna make fun of me for mentioning. I have oh, a. You... <laughs> I don't make fun of you. Anyways, every time I say you're like, oh, bugs ate those, like, oh, <laughs> without fail. Um, I've got a like vintage bootleg Tekken shirt. With Eddie on the the cover, who's one of my mains in the older Tekkens. Um, I don't play him in seven because I don't like the way that he plays. Um, honestly, no, I'm just not good enough to play Eddie. We'll be honest. Um, and then that's it. Yeah, that's literally all that I had on today. I had um no underwear. No, uh, no socks. I'm wearing, oh no, I'm wearing underwear that my mom got me. She got them for me. It was like I got these for you. I'm like, oh, you're trying to say I stink like shit, huh? But no, she uh, she got me some underwear when she was at a conference for like specialized fabrics in Salt Lake City, Utah. And um, yeah, I needed to put on some underwear, so this is what I'm wearing. Thanks, Mrs. Thompson. Yeah, I'll I'll round us out real quick. Uh, I got Crocs with Shrek ears on them. <laughs> Uh, I got uh some some Balenciaga bootcut jeans, uh, a shirt that says "I love techno" on the back, and a Balenciaga World Food Program turtleneck. Nice. And I wore that 
Valenti. And I wore that really uh, heavy five-layer coat today, so my shoulders hurt. Oh, nice. Does it? Is it really that heavy that it's making your shoulders hurt? Yeah, I think whoever shipped it to me spent $120 on shipping. Are you serious? It, yeah. No flat rate box? <laughs> there is no flat rate box this would fit into. I guess that's fair. So I had an idea for an art project because I was really pissed off at this one critic who was an asshole. Um, and my plan was just... Like, I didn't want to do this to the USPS workers, but I thought it would be funny as a piece of like, oh, it's performance art. But I was going to go and get flat rate boxes from USPS and fill them with concrete and then ship her a USPS flat rate box of like concrete or like put something really heavy in it that wasn't easily dispelled of and just deliver it to her like every three days. She was the they worst. Do, I really did they not do like have her. a limit and it's 70 pounds. Really? They told me at my, my local USPS that there was no limit to the weight. That's because good luck trying to put 70 pounds into one of those boxes. Yeah, it's just like a straight brick of like... Yeah. Hey, I need you to deliver this. Like, is there anything fragile, perishable, batteries, aluminum, whatever? No, it's just concrete. (laughs) Get to it. Concrete. Exactly 70 pounds of concrete. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I don't know. I want to see what I can get away with mailing. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll I'll bring back the concrete idea. I think it would really rattle somebody. Imagine getting a box full of concrete every three days for like a few months. No context, no return address. Concrete, I feel like they just wouldn't do it. It's like, you know, too weird of a material to send over. Like they would like look into you, like background <laughs> checks and shit. Yeah, someone's going to drill like it up. Sending open. construction. Yeah, I mean, construction materials in the mail is like like live construction material in the mail is kind of weird. <laughs> No, it'd be like hardened concrete. Like I'd pour concrete and have it set in the in the box yeah, itself. That, yeah, I mean we've received concrete samples before, so it's not out of the like ordinary. It's People just, like, like send you the bricks. volume. Yeah, no, no, no. It's not like tiles though. Like you get like a little tile of concrete to like compare like three different shades of concrete. But like if you're like making a sink or something like that. Hmm, this one's gray. <laughs> but, but there's no reason you need like a volume of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's crazy. So okay, uh, you get a concrete sample. I, I, well, I'm first. What were you using concrete samples for? We're worried. I guess like we're working on a table right now. Okay, and so like part of the table is like casting. It's basically a big ass cast concrete thing. And cool. Part of that is working with the shop to figure out what the finish of that is going to look like. Okay. And so the shop ends up providing like you know they do oh. custom. Think of like custom concrete flavors. So I'll cast shit in different like. You know, different textures, different smoothness, different like uh, shades. And so that like, yeah, just helps determine like what the final finish will be. And, like, Concrete you get some furniture, and... doesn't it, wouldn't it just, I mean, intuitively just destroy a floor? Like, am I, am no. I being an idiot and assuming that? What would, no, I mean, think of like, uh, you've seen like kitchen islands and stuff like that before. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. It's, it's just like, you know, more of a built in than it is like a moving piece. Sure. Okay. Makes sense. Nice. Cool. What would you say is the weirdest piece of furniture or piece of design that you've created? Because some of your, I mean, some of your stuff, I wouldn't say is like, quote unquote, out there, but you do some very creative works, right? Is there anything that's been either contracted or not that's just been like bizarre? I've had a few renderings that have been kind of bizarre, but that's because like my like kind of, I came up doing a lot of like brand activation work. So often you get these kind of ridiculous requests that sometimes get produced, sometimes don't. And so I was working with this agency on like another sports related thing, but the like MLB food festival, this is a long time ago, but like they wanted to render like a mechanical bowl as a peanut. And so <laughs> I ended up like 
3D modeling this big ass like peanut that like someone was writing on on like a mechanical bull rig. And uh, that was like one of the things that they were pitching for this like festival. That's pretty um, sick. That's, that's one of the weirder things that I, it's like come to mind in terms of like building stuff. Yeah. And I'd say like my personal work is like a little bit more abstract than some of the contracted mm. stuff mm. just because it's like, yeah, I work in like cork and stone sometimes. And that's like what I enjoy doing is just trying to like come up with mm. abstract ways, like represent it. But I, don't, I wouldn't say that's like weirder than like getting asked to render a peanut. <laughs> You work yeah. with a lot of cork. How do you mold cork and keep it smooth? It's it's CNC'd, so it actually carves oh, away. Yeah, okay. it's CNC, so it carves away pretty easily, and then you can hand sand it. Okay. Um, outside of that, it's most of my my stuff is like untreated, but you can like sure. think of like a Birkenstock. You can wax cork, and it'll like seal up. Yep. Mm. Um, and have like a little more protection on it, but um, keeping it smooth, yeah, it's just like. You know, most of the stuff is static, so you're not really like you're super, super uh, hands on with it. Mm. the cool. the table at at uh, your office is uh is cork, right? It's like cork, yeah. cork holding up a piece of glass. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like yeah. kind of like 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 a mountainous looking thing. Exactly. Yeah. So that was like yeah. more of like a landscapey, like you know, 3D model that like was trying to work out how to you know lift a piece of glass. So it's pretty much like carving away, kind of like a. a yeah, like a like a like canyons or mm-hmm. valleys. Um, with that, did you like start with a block and just like shape it, or did you have like a design ready to go? Yeah, I had sketch it. So like with that kind of stuff, that like the the table and the mirrors, most of that stuff is like sketched in two D, like flat plans first, as like kind of just a like I'll like set up a framework where it's like all right, it's an eighteen inch table, and then you're kind of like working within the parameters of that, and then kind of seeing where you can go with it and then bringing that into 3d which is like where i'll actually play with the form and 3d mm. is like like in in rhino which is like the 3d software i use is where like all that kind of tweaking happens until i'm satisfied with a certain form and how to chop it up to like make it machinable mm. what made you want to get started in design and i guess 3d design as well but architecture and, or no excuse me not architecture design furniture design yeah. especially yeah, Did you go to architecture school yeah, I went to architecture school. I mean, I was always into, like, as a kid, I was super into architecture. So I, like, one of the early memories, I would say, is going back to sports, is going to the Astros game, like, with my dad. Um, and just seeing, like, at the time, Enron Field. Shout out, Enron Field. Yo, um, wait, really? Yeah. Yeah, like, one of my early architecture experiences was, like, going to Enron Field in, like, the nosebleeds and seeing all the, like, trust that, like, it was one of the, like, few first i mean no i guess there were a few but there was one of like the earlier retractable roof stadiums um and so that was cool to see too and that kind of got me into like i was kind of always into architecture as a kid and Mm -hmm. knew i wanted to pursue it like the later stage and that really didn't change once i once i went to college so i studied it in school and then um furniture really just comes from like a scaled down version of that and being able to produce uh at a scale that like you can actually like produce it instead of <laughs> waiting years and years for a building um which is still obviously the end goal for sure that's really interesting because i feel like i knew a lot of people who went to architecture school and i always heard a lot of like bleak outlooks like yeah. you go to architecture school and you're gonna like sort of end up just working for a bigger architect and just kind of being like a so it's interesting that you've gotten like sort of out of that and made your own thing so like readily yeah, i guess it definitely came at a time because like i i kind of went right into retail design for mm-hmm. like 
so so more being in new york it's obviously a lot more interiors and stuff like that so you're like looking at stuff that you're trying to produce you know my, my take was just like all right like you can do retail you can do like more interior build outs and like uh on a shorter timeline and be able to produce a few of those projects um that was like the first few agencies i worked with um before like leaving and kind of starting out on my own um and being able to produce things like that like kind of just it helped like it helps when you're trying to scale like a practice up because then you know you're ready to add like a little bit more every time to your scope the question i always like that we ask on here is uh it's like do you do you have a do you have like an oh shit moment like uh you know like looking back on your career up to now do you have a moment where you really felt like oh i can actually like sustainably do this i yeah i mean i kind of think i'm in it i'm in it in a way right now like where it's now been like almost a year of having like working with two people full time, like as a practice instead of me just kind of formalizing me being a freelancer. So mm-hmm. it's kind of happened in a way where like now it's the the projects are similar but different at the same time, but the problems are also different. So that's like kind of the oh shit moment. It's like, oh yeah, you realize like every yeah, like new thing is like a different take on how you're approaching like solving mm-hmm. something. Um so I guess I would say like a minute right now, but also, yeah, I don't know. My oh shit moment was when I quit my job and I was like, I don't have a gig lined up after. That was like five years ago now. And uh, I was I was a coach at the time, um, kind of like, well, this isn't, I know this isn't it. Like I, like it was good experience at the, at the moment, but I knew like there was, I had more flexibility to do other things if I left. And so that's when I left. And um, without really a plan, I just knew like I could f- try to f- at least figure it out. And that's like when I just started like, getting gigs here and then I started working. I think you're the second person to come on the podcast who was working for coach and didn't love it and <laughs> left it for something better, which is like, it's not, you know, it's not like an uncommon thing, but it is crazy. That it's happened twice on the podcast. Yeah. I mean, it is a massive company. So like, yeah. yeah the 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 kind of reason i had gone because i was like only working at more boutique places before that it was kind of just like all right like let me let me figure out let me see what's up at like a billion dollar company and like (laughs) see how how it moves and it's like oh man it's just such a different scale that you're like yeah it's just obviously i think most people know this but like when you're at a place like that you're you can pitch as many things as you want but you know at the end of the day it's not really going to matter um yeah so that was that was part of it. Obviously, I was still like pretty young at the time, like relatively in the career. So I, I knew like it it was at that I was like, it's gonna happen now. Like I'm not gonna like delay the inevitable here and like quit, you know, two years from now instead of when I did it. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious Coach the so... official uh oh. no no, you go, Michael. Mine's a full full fledged question. Coach the no, official no, no, stepping go. stone of pair of Oh no, you go. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, hey, hey so, oh, I'm sorry, Harry, you go. Uh yeah, uh, Coach is the official stepping stone of Pair of Kings podcast. Um, we should yeah. interview someone from Coach. Get them to quit their job. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yo, do you fucking hate your job? <laughs> they can't like legally answer the question. Like, yeah. You're Just, like it's some it's some like poor permal answer, and then they like pull their fucking salary. Like they pull their salary offer. Like they're supposed to get their salary offer like next week, and they pull that. <laughs> Just an hour of us asking questions they cannot answer. What do you make a year before taxes? <laughs> do you talk to your coworkers about that? They can't talk about shit there because it's like literally all per- permal answers. Oh, I was a uh, freelance worker for a little bit and it, it feels 
so unsteady and it makes me it made me i should say so nervous i just did not like it at all it's it's definitely a gut like building exercise because you're you know i i talked to this with a lot of friends who are like in visit like in places where they may want to quit their job or whatever but yeah i would say like you definitely have to get used to the anxiety of like not having a gig for two or three weeks and being comfortable with it and then being like all right like because at that time it's like yeah you don't know if you know rent is definitely a thing like you got to make rent you got to like so so part of that is like yeah getting used to that side or you know if you feel comfortable with it like i think the biggest thing everyone's always tripped out about as opposed to not is like not having something lined up after you quit and i think that that's kind of like a myth or like a like it doesn't actually really matter because if you quit then your full-time job is trying to find something yeah the thing the thing i don't get about a lot of people who are really stressed especially working as freelancers is i mean especially having to make rent like there's a clear solution to the problem which is just growing up in an extreme like incredibly privileged position having parents with trust funds owning an apartment probably off of that at like 21 or 22 and that way you don't have to worry about rent it becomes very easy to sort of maneuver and become a creative individual in that situation if you have just you know been intelligent and been born into that situation yeah i mean or just like marry rich like this is a lot easier (laughs) (laughs) i've been thinking of being born rich Mm, okay i was gonna look into it yeah i was applying i mean you'll be able to do it soon with ai right Just strapped into the metaverse in a life where I was born rich, but uh, I'm still doing my desk job. You were born rich, but you're like an 8-bit person. Yeah. I like have like four expressions. You have like five. The third, no, sorry. You have like three fingers. Like, yeah. It's like like the trade-off. I was going to say like monkey's paws. You're born rich, but you can only wear like Amiri and Valentino. Yeah, no, no, no. Little baby said no Amiri, so no <laughs> so we're... he said no Amiri, so we're not rocking with Amiri no more. We're off Amiri finally. We Have you Amiri. seen the uh, the list of um, things that men can't do? No. So no, somebody list. compiled this. Hold on, I gotta go to the conversation because I I sent it to my like friend an, every. This is like an I, internet thing. Like... Yeah. So there is a woman on Twitter. Well, it's not just one woman. There's uh, there was a period on Twitter, especially when. There were things it's like, oh, you're a man, like you can't do X. And so a guy just accumulated them. I'll give you a few off the top. Things men aren't allowed to do. <laughs> Ideas by jobless, bitter women. <laughs> can't oh, laugh man, too this... much or too loud. <laughs> Has to be a calm chuckle with a deep voice. No more than three ha's. Can't wear a rucksack. Carry a power bank. Cook. Wear glasses. Be a nice guy. Girls born after 1991 hate nice guys. Tie their shoelaces do candy slash the electric slide at any event <laughs> wait no no hang on a sec i whatever to the rest of it you leave me the electric slide <laughs> there's some really ridiculous ones. Uh, listen to r&b want. have sex for too long it's gay apparently <laughs> fellas is it gay oh no you did it go ahead go ahead <laughs> no, no, you, no no i insist fellas fellas <laughs> Is it gay to have sex for too long? <laughs> it's kind of gay when you think about it. <laughs> oh god! Oh, can't say the word brunch. Drink mimosas. Go to sleep. Blow hot food to cool it down. <laughs> nah, man, you gotta blow suit. Come on now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I recently, re- I, I every like every now and then, uh, if I'm eating, you know, you get like 
brain freeze or whatever eating ice cream. Yeah. Sometimes I get brain freeze and I start blowing on the ice cream to try and. <laughs> I do that too. And then I'm yo, like, wait, yo, this... uh, trust me, it does not help. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't do anything. It's just like I'm like, oh yeah, bad temperature, fix it. <laughs> doesn't. So, Harry, um, did you grow up in Houston? Yeah. So um, you grew up in in the worst planned city in America. Did that influence your your? Yeah, is that, of... are you talking about? The, you're talking about that 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 dickhead that's always about the going off about the trains on Twitter. Do you know that guy? No, who is this? It's like the hilarious. It's like the transit guy or something is his handle. Okay, and it's just like some guy who constantly like like he he's he's like he like has a crusade against cars right like his yeah. cars are terrible obviously they're like but uh he shits on houston constantly because like it's always like like aerial like satellite maps of like different cities and like it's always he like every other day it's houston and it's like wait this could be like one million people but in just like seven highways that like turn into each other sounds like somebody doesn't have a hellcat <laughs> <laughs> yeah for real like but yeah um i'm from houston one of the worst planned cities in america apparently it really does suck. I visited. It was fun until I had to get into a car and travel like 15 minutes to the next destination. Yeah, especially now. When did you go? Was it like recently? I went uh, last spring? Yeah, I mean, recently, I mean, the past few years since like everybody moved, I feel like it's just been growing a ton. But yeah, yeah, like it's like it's it's like comparable to LA in like the hell to get around. It's just, uh, you know, you have to drive everywhere and there's tons of cars on the road. It's, yeah. it's definitely been like a lot worse of a problem since I uh, was in high school, for sure. Something that I've seen, you know, I, I travel with my girlfriend and like, you know, we'll go around and you like see, uh, I trust me, this is leading somewhere. You see an antique store and you like swing in um, and they'll have really cool furniture. And I was talking to her and I was like, oh, like, it'd be really cool. Like, you know, <laughs> somewhat jokingly, but like when I'm 38 and have my own place, um, you know, asterisk, asterisk, but. Uh, it'd be cool to like come down and find some cool old furniture. Do you, as a furniture designer, ever look to older furniture or, um, I guess antiques for inspiration? For sure, yeah. I mean, especially in Houston, there's like a few places that you know I like bought some chairs for my mom last year. But then there's like mm -hmm. spots you know I'll go with friends, um, I'll, like look around. And it's always like antique spots like that that you know. Or, you know, you're constantly like, looking at stuff like that for sure. And I, I appreciate like, like that, you know, just style more it just because it's like easier to see how it's lived on for so long as opposed yeah. to like, you know, more we like love the shit on mid-century modern. It's it's good stuff, but like there is like a certain cap to to its hype, um, which I think we're like living in right now. You put it, you you know, they call it mid for a reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, okay, if you have to give me like the the haters guide to furniture, right? Like, I don't know. Why do people hate mid-century modern? Why do people hate, well, I, I guess, boho's like easy fucking sucks. I think it's just like, like trend. Yeah, I think it's just generally the trend of like how it's gone about like because I mean, furniture this decade is like sneakers last decade on how yeah. it was like niche forum culture right early on and then it becomes like popularized by like you know in certain forms of media so it's sure. too big and like everyone has the same fucking couch everyone has the same naguchi table everyone has the same togo like and you now like have this problem of like everyone has it so now it's like uncool to the original like group just like you know uh 
Yeah. I mean, you compare this to like, yeah, exactly. Like how sneakers, sneakerheads felt like the last decade when they see like the entire, you know, community get bastardized by like, uh, this idea that it's like, you know, profitable and hype driven. Yeah. And, and that's like how, I mean, a lot of these like diffusion companies get made like mid-century modern getting flipped off, like flipped on like Instagram, like brands, like accounts and stuff like that. Um, so I think that's like where some of the hate comes from. And obviously like this, like funny idea of like traditional like trad stuff becoming like uh like popularized and stuff um but i i think yeah in general like the the like understanding why something's been around for this long um that's why like antique stores do have an appeal like um on that side and like in these places like houston savannah georgia also like great spot to go like for antique antique stuff um mm. generally like in the south just because it flies a little bit more under the radar not everyone's looking for like their home decor inspo um yeah except like old ladies so <laughs> it's a little bit it's a little bit easier and like it's a little bit easier to talk to pe- talk to people about yeah stuff that they have in their like uh in their booths or whatnot i found some really cool stuff what you know made me think of the question was new orleans had some really cool like old furniture that wasn't just mid-century modern it was like almost like weirdly victorian modern uh, but it was from like the 60s and i was like damn like this is really cool stuff like if i had a u-haul i would try and bring this home but i don't um do you often i i have a friend who is an architect but as a hobby goes and restores older furniture and then flips it um do you like is vintage shopping for furniture sort of a thing like it is for clothing is it becoming more of that i know that there is an account on instagram or tiktok that goes and does like huge quote-unquote hauls of like trendy mid-century modern furniture and then flips it but you know is thrifting furniture sort of a similar culture yeah i I think so i think it's definitely catching on too just because i had a friend in for this exact reason, I went back to the same like antique pavilion that like has a bunch of boots. My friend was looking for specifically like antique and like vintage stuff. Yeah. And in for some chairs for his like dining room. And we went and I think it's like a similar like furniture's having its like like Macklemore thrift shop moment, like <laughs> of the last decade. Damn, um, that's fifty dollars for a Wasili chair. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so that's definitely happening now. It's not just people in design because I think like that's beyond. I think that that's more of like a sourcing trip for like because often it's like interior designers or like uh you know set designers like people that hold these like rental companies will often go on those trips and be able to source from these like far and in between places um but yeah with with like respect to like how it's like everyone wants to go thrifting like it's definitely it's definitely becoming more of it i was um i was in rome and one of the coolest things i've ever seen um i walked by this uh furniture store and i like stopped in because i was like oh like i don't know this looks cool and the guy had he just had eight coffee tables all of like the same make and you know make and build but he had them stacked just in a spiral in the in the middle and I was like, you know, who made this one coffee table? He's like, dude, it's just tables. I just stacked them to like save space. And I was like, I must have eight of them. Like, yeah. how much is this? He's like, I'm not selling you eight coffee tables. Like, there's no fucking way. This is in um, Rome. Yeah, it was in, in Rome. I can, I, uh, I have the card I, in my wallet, but I studied abroad in Rome. Actually, oh no way. In architecture okay. school, yeah. Nice. I really, really love Rome. I think it's a wonderful city. Rome's funny because it's just like. 
super it's like disney-fied like on the inside like it's just like very very because living living there we were like in the kind of this like super touristy districts because like the school is there and everything yeah this piazza and stuff and so you know there's like weird experience of like being in the thick of like tourism like disney zone and then (laughs) you know to hang out like all the shit's like on the outskirts so like you would take like whatever the train the train out to to like actually go hang out at these like venues or whatever um which is a completely like different room than like what you know it, the other the the funny thing in Rome actually was I, I just remembered Asher Roth seeing Asher Roth like in the, the I love college guy I love college guy <laughs> like was I uh yeah I was like walking back to the studio after getting like pizza down the street and Asher Roth is like bouncing up and down the street like like long hair and everything and, how the like, fuck do you recognize like, Asher Roth yeah, I was gonna say that, I was like no is way that I would recognize Asher? I was like is that motherfucking Asher Roth and then I go up and I check my Twitter and he's like in yeah he's like in rome like playing to show in rome or something that night i was like what the fuck do, do <laughs> you off the top of your head know? i don't know i mean this was like i mean this was definitely a long time after his like i love college days so a good amount of time after that but let's go on the the asher roth spotify and just see if i know any of these songs asher roth i love college uh g-r-i-n-d get ready it's a new day uh, flowers on the weekend, get out, party girl, and Peter Parker. Yeah, it sounds like an Asheroth lineup for sure. That's crazy. I that's insane. He had a song with Busta Rhymes in 2009. That's crazy. Oh, what have been some of your favorite cities to travel to as a fan of the architecture? As the fan of the South America, I mean, so a uh, Buenos Aires for sure is crazy. Um, it, it there's like a a really wild library in the in the central area there. Um, I would also say, I mean, Brasilia in Brazil is is pretty nuts. Like we were able to get like a tour of their presidential palace and everything. So it's a bunch of Oscar yeah. Niemeyer, this architect, like insane like work. Um, it's basically like a museum of his work. Like the city in itself is a museum of their works. It doesn't really. It's weird because it doesn't. It, because it's a planned city it doesn't work that well as a city because it's like a government like zoned area but in terms of like s- scale of works it, it's basically like just a tiny museum of like really crazy buildings um yeah. which is like interesting to see like at that scale um it's also kind of weird because it, you know it just doesn't work as like a functioning like there's a central area and then you take like this one long road out and there's all these like monumental like structures that like contain all the government stuff so it, it like in a way it's beautiful but then also in a way it's very dystopic damn that's crazy what have been your least favorite cities architecturally <laughs> um that's funny because you never think about <laughs> least favorite cities what do you fucking hate <laughs> what do i hate i mean i've been to Bu- honestly I, i've been to bucharest romania okay. and uh shit is dark there for sure. <laughs> but but uh they have this insane like so romania has the heaviest building in the world it's like their so one of their you know megalomaniac leaders back in the day like had this idea that wanted to build like a massive like the the building itself is a square mile that's how big it is so it takes like literally an hour to like go around the grounds of this building just because it's so wide and it's like built of all these like extravagant materials and shit so um i think pound for pound apparently it's like the heaviest building in the world um and it's in bucharest so that's like an interesting thing but other than that it's just like yeah i mean we went during the win- like kind of like the tail end of winter so it was like a really 
it, it's somewhat of a. I mean, I fuck with the Eastern Bloc though, but like, yeah, progress is kind of dark. Fair play. Who's who's weighing buildings? <laughs> I don't the build. I'm sure there's like a governing body out there that's just weighing buildings, <laughs> pound for pound. Just crazy. Apologies to our Romanian listeners. They've got, oh, yeah, they've no, got no, about a hundred thousand. Oh no, they got the clubs go off though in Bucharest. I will say, <laughs> I fuck with the people. I fuck with the people. Just, the, 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 the architecture situation, a little. Bo- I mean, it's a lot of concrete boxes. Not gonna lie. I mean, that's a lot. It's funny how that's a lot of the world. Though. Hmm. I've heard great things about the clubs in Bucharest. I think it was Bucharest. My friend was telling me he was studying there. I think it was Bucharest, but he had to take a boat to the club. It's like, you know, you go over like a small canal. It's like a, you know, five, 10 minute boat ride. And then he got to the club. And for whatever reason, for five hours, he said he was really fucked up. But the entire time he was there, the only song they played was Rihanna's This Is What You Came For. And I was like, there's no way. Like, no, you're just fucked up. And he's like, no, I swear. And he pulls open Snapchat from the night and he has like timestamp videos. And in every one, it's this is what you came for. Like, you know, remixing it, whatever. And I was like, part of me wanted to say, oh, that's whack. They played the same song. But I feel like if I was messed up and I showed up and I was like, this is, you know, this is, I know what I'm getting into. I'd be super into it. You go to, this is what you came for night. It is what no I came for. No concept of time at all. This shit is just playing for like yeah. nine hours straight. Like you have no idea what it's like two weeks from now still. Like you get <laughs> You're like, oh, plug. it's still the first song. That's crazy. <laughs> you got to you gotta wait for this transition. This is going to be crazy. Man, just like bump into, oh my God. That'd be so fun. Uh, okay. So how do I not be a basic dude in furniture, right? Like as all as all the fashion guys grew oh, up man, out of Supreme and like super future. Haunting. Yeah. Like how do I not be... You know, uh, what do you? What is like, your main? I, I'm, I'm curious about this. Then, like, what is your main source of consuming like furniture and furniture content? I guess because this is like this has a lot to do with. I feel like everything that's going on in the world right now, in that world right now. Yeah, I was an undergrad, or uh, when I was an undergrad, I was a photography major, and so all the furniture consumption I did was through the lens of photography rather than through the lens of like design. Mm-hmm. Um. So I I hate to say it like this, I don't really know. And as of right now, like, you know, many other people, the only real furniture stuff that I see because I'm busy is through Instagram. So it's like the fucking valley couch or whatever the one Frank Ocean was on. And the, you know, the the Steve Lacey couch that he's on his album cover and the Wasilly chair and you know, whatever it may be. I just don't want to be basic as shit, right? Like, I don't want to be wearing the New Balance 550 of the furniture world if I ever have the money to afford nice furniture. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that only goes, it, it goes so as far, because if those are, you know, I, I feel like there's a lot of IG accounts like that that, you know, memify the whole, like, situation about, you know, what's popular. Um, sure. And, you know, mid-century or whatever it may be. But yeah, like I think going back to like how you y'all are in a fashion, right? So it's like you if you're looking on eBay or like back in the day on Grailed, like when it was like super deep divey shit, right? Like if you approach furniture the same way of like, hey, I'm buying what I like instead of buying like what I see on my feed. Yeah, it's a little bit more like uh, it's a little bit easier to ballot than like, oh, saying like Hypebeast got some 550s up, like let's cop those or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's the same shit. It's like you know like oh i saw that um y'all y'all had posted the exact same comment i made about daniel arsham being salt oh, yeah 
Oh, you fucking wait. Was that your? And comment? I was like, I was like, yeah. I got beef. I was like, I got. I told Mike, I was like, I got beef oh, for y'all, bro. <laughs> I was like, I comment, and he then did I beat realized. Us to it. I and then I looked, and I I have a like a group chat with some like friends that are also like from the architecture world and they had like my other friend had said the same thing in the group chat like right after i had tweeted it so it was just like funny seeing like a bunch of people like make that connection i promise um, i swear to god i did not steal that the thing that made me think of it was seeing um salt bay at the world cup and then <laughs> seeing yeah. daniel arsham at fashion week i'm like oh it's the same person like they're the same guy like, yeah yeah they even and then you realize like have they been in the same room like ever <laughs> like they kind of i mean you can kind of see it like but yeah the way I, he's like he the way he's like crumpling those jackets it's like so it's like spot on salt bay like spot on salt bay i um, he has like no I, maybe he does and i'm just being like oh but i don't think he's talented at all he it yeah, seems like he was I, like I would right argue place, that right he, time guy. Yeah, well, he in terms of like the stuff that's popular for sure, I would argue he's like insane like pound like as an artist, he's insanely talented because like he's a trained painter and like illustrator and like knows his shit around like designing details. Like he for sure knows like by no means is he like untrained or anything. Like he knows his shit. But in terms of yeah, what's popular, it's like yeah, of course, like everyone has their cause doll or like there you know bare brick whatever like he's just been able to capitalize so efficiently on it that it's yeah. like so it's just too on the nose as like you know to take seriously as a designer taking it through because obviously yeah but back back in the day everyone wanted to intern for the dude like for sure yeah it's just weird it's weird seeing what becomes popular commercially like you know we're all fashion design guys right so I, I i hesitate to say like we're above it because it sounds really pompous but bear with me like mr what is it mr brainwash the the monopoly guy man is like super oh, popular oh my god alec monopoly <laughs> oh alec monopoly alec Thank monopoly you. alec yes. monopoly philip klein like all those dude it's so crazy how yeah. like but they're, they're all popular but we're all like these guys fucking blow and yeah. you know there are people who love them like power to them but it's it's interesting seeing what breaks through to the mainstream, even though we think like, oh, we know what's popular. Like, yeah, well, I I would say like some of that. I feel like those two are more held up by capital than they are by like a, a solid fan base. I feel like Arsham came up at the time when like Kith was getting very Kith was becoming another supreme, and he just was able to like you know dial in on that. So it was like crazy to see that, and yeah, now that's as it is like the popular brand's not going to be the cool brand. So yeah. Yeah. But it's I definitely, just crazy yeah, to me. this shit is, yeah, it, it's so crazy. That's what they keep getting away with. <laughs> yeah. So again, in the furniture world, who is like the Daniel Arsham, right? Like who is, who's, it is literally Daniel Arsham. I mean, oh, he like oh, designed. Yeah. yeah. He's like a massive, like they, their, their practice is architecture and furniture. So like, okay. it's funny that like people associate like, their practice with fashion so much because they're so intertwined with it, but they are an architecture and uh, kind of like design firm. So they're, and, and they do, they do great work. It's just uh, like, like it is, it's, it's the like, you know, hypey equivalent to any of these other streetwear brands. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's crazy. So in terms of design, right. People who you look to, are there certain designers that you really like to, see what they're up to, see what they're doing. Do you try and stay away from maybe consuming too much 
quote unquote popular furniture just to like, you know, be able to ideate or to maybe even intentionally consume it to stay away from it. But like, what is your process when you're making something to come up with new ideas? Yeah, I don't know. It usually starts with like the parameters of a certain problem. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes if I'm working on my own stuff, I have to try to create that prompt or problem. But in terms of like, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of seeing everything as it like happens or like kind of in real time. So it's not really much of like a deep dive on like, because I feel like at some point there's like always like research being done, whether I'm like inspiration wise, I'm like looking to older, like old architects who maybe like passed before and like architecture is the end goal. So that's like what I want to keep looking at as like reference, um, I guess, material, Um, just because like that is like, you know, continuing to scale up like. A practice where you know we're doing you know ground ups and stuff um and, and but yeah with like in looking to what's currently out there like there's definitely you know there's definitely certain practices I, I like but it's just uh i try to shut that out when i'm actually when i actually am working because it is like you know my my like top inspirations are guys that are dead like all of our alts i mean all of our also is one of definitely one of aero saarinen um peter zumther like great architect um and then yeah even like some of like a renaissance stuff like we like looking back into just because it's like this shit has like been around for so long and you know there's a reason no one's torn it down obviously like the church has something to do with it but uh, yeah <laughs> but like general reason like it's like there's new commissions come out and then like because we're in this like pop-up society like everything has to get broken down everything's an event or activation and so when i'm trying to do other personal work or stuff it's like hopefully going to last a little longer than that. Um, I'm trying to like look back to stuff that's kind of lasted. You've done a few more permanent things. Like you've, you've done yeah. like, like some, some like actual like store yeah. setups, right? Like permanent. Yeah. We things. worked with uh, stadium goods a few years ago for the Chicago location. Um, so the second floor there, um, still like, you know, kicking it. So it's, it's great to see like stuff like that, like years removed and it's still an operating like, um and and the designs like like out there and it's been out been around um and yeah there's a there's a few more there's a cafe in chelsea um with my friend waris we did um and yeah the the goal obviously is like more and more like permanence and even with the personal stuff like the idea of permanence and i could peace living in someone's home mm-hmm. that's awesome have you do you do commissions like what are some crazy commissions that you've gotten yeah i mean i would say like kicking off like it was I was in LA for a few months and ended up doing a few commissions for a friend's place in Hollywood. That was, uh, like was a bookshelf and, um, bookshelf and like a kind of console thing. And that was like cool to work on because that was like the first point in my, like, like practice, I guess, where I was given free reign. Cause usually my own stuff, like that was a good transition point where like commissions, I only will take if I do fully have control on it. Okay. Um, instead of like ingesting a pro ingesting like a, uh, like someone's vision that like you're just executing um and so that was nice and that was like actually like you know it kind of told me like yeah this is like the moment where you know i can there there is like a marriage between like commissioning something for like for a fee and you're still you know being able to produce the stuff you want to produce yeah yeah that's awesome have you ever had somebody try to take too much control? Like, do you have any horror stories about people that you've worked with? I'm sure you do, but I just yeah. I mean, I would say that that's mostly on like the brand. Like, yeah, I mean, brand and agency side because like you're such you're in a mode where like you're just trying to please the client. So yeah, it's like you know, like you may have some really cool ideas or I mean, I feel like this is just like the 
the plague of a creative agency or like wherever you are and working for wherever brand you know if if brands are too large they're they're gonna have like a way they do things yeah there's just no way around getting around that um where you know you may think you can like pitch all these like really cool things but then at the end of the day you're gonna like you know it's gonna end up being corny so there's like no no kind of way around that if you're working with like a clear motive and end goal with the client as an end goal um no one i've like directly worked with i would say just because like usually it involves like multiple you know multiple agencies multiple rounds of whatever and so that was like definitely earlier on um i would say like that was more of a you you kind of have to expect it just because it's like I'm not like, oh, I'm gonna like come into the design world and like change everything. So uh there's we're a disrupting bit of that. furniture design. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like here's like here's the bar for like <laughs> for whatever. Um but yeah, I would say like, yeah, that's like part of it for sure. That's part of part of the game where like you're in a you're it, you still realize it's a commercial world. Um yeah. instead of like uh you're gonna have the reins here for everything all the time. Yeah. There's always there's always gonna be compromise. Yeah. So I am curious. So drawing parallels to fashion, I guess just because I know more about that, there's probably like quote unquote meccas, right? Like New York or Tokyo, you know, whatever it may be in fashion that are really like hubs or centers that drive fashion, I should say, forward, right? Um, is there an equivalent within design and I guess maybe architecture, but furniture design and design as a whole that are really pushing the field forward. And it's like, I want to be there to sort of be a part of what's happening. Yeah. I would say they're like, happening. I would say they're very similar. Like, okay. like just cause like, I think design and like capital commercial world and like design all kind of like tie into, you know, being seen in entertainment. And yeah. so like, that's why places like New York, places like LA, obviously overseas, London is a big, um, capital for it everywhere there's a fashion week i would say is like a place that like architecture is also like you know pretty like prevalent um sure Paris, i think there's certain areas like milan i know has like a really great design community obviously they also do like design week there so does like milan venice venice is mostly because of the the biennial that takes place there sure um but yeah like there's in terms of offices and where talent's going and coming it's always like the, the kind of major hubs um new york new york like LA. i recently had to buy a couch and it's like impossible to buy a couch that is not like a horrible cheap mid-century modern like knockoff or like five thousand dollars do you know where to look <laughs> do you know like do like I, you, you ask i guess you ask it's not even like unsolicited no that it it's so funny because I feel like this is the thesis of like multiple startups that are coming out right now. Right. They're like, we're going to solve this market because everything's like $5,000 or it's like shit. Like it's like Wayfair or it's like first dibs. And like there is, yeah. I think there is a growing like middle market of stuff. Um, It's funny because like I never ended up because I'm so focused on like the custom stuff that I never end up sourcing a lot of the stuff. Um, I, I, I guess I scratch that like i'm still i'm still sourcing some things for like certain situations but for the most part it's like it's weird because like i'm not like i'm actually looking for a couch myself too because like mine it's kind of broken so it's like i i ain't even taking care of myself and i don't i don't really know where to look either (laughs) so it's funny like being in that predicament yeah what's the dream couch the dream i mean yeah i really like that that's the funny thing like i'm like less uh 
a student of it and like i like mm. well the dream couch is like finding some random shit on ebay or first dibs and i'm like oh i've never seen this before like and this is like a design like the discovery moment of like oh shit this is a designer i should have been known about but i don't know and like ah. the the couch that i want is probably it hasn't seen my eyes yet like mm. um there are a few yeah obviously like vico magistretti like shit like that that i like that's like been you know within that world but no nowhere like yeah i have no have i have no like zero mood board or reference for that i uh the amount i, I was like a little upset by the amount i had to learn about furniture when i moved <laughs> yeah because up until it's, if, yeah it's painful <laughs> So again, if you were just born rich, Michael, and had your own place, you could have gotten the furniture just assembled for you in your in your home. I don't know if you're aware. Right. Of it. You wouldn't yeah. have to worry about that yourself, and you could probably hire somebody like Harry to come and do it for you. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, that's what we. That's what we do. They do. Yeah. That's what. That's what people do. So. So the yeah the trick is that if you want a couch that's not from Wayfair or First Dibs, um, become a furniture designer. Yeah. Well, actually, are you are you into so this is like I feel like there's a stigma against used furniture because I would definitely like underrated, very underrated. I got a desk in Houston off Facebook Marketplace and it was like a great oh. like old like wooden desk that this like old couple was getting rid of before moving out of their apartment. And so I just pulled up in my car. I paid like I think I paid like 75 bucks for it. And it was this beautiful like old wooden desk that had like been there clearly for years. And then they threw in a free chair with it. And that's nice. like. That was just like scouring on Facebook Marketplace for like a couple hours. Um, very underrated for like their furniture stuff because like, again, when I moved into my current place a few years ago, like same thing happened. Like Facebook Marketplace had these like crazy Bellini like tables, like stackable, like plastic molded plastic tables. Um, and some girl who didn't know was just selling them for like 20 bucks. And I messaged it like five minutes too late. Um, yeah. So, so it, yeah, if something like I feel like don't sleep on like Facebook Marketplace or even like places like eBay still like because those are where you're going to find the stuff where like, oh, shit, I like that, even though I don't know what it is. I spent like when I when I first moved, I spent a lot of time looking at first place Facebook Marketplace. But like uh, I don't have the like quick draw to do New York Facebook Marketplace. Oh, you're, I feel you're like as soon as I message four hours a day. <laughs> yeah. I need to set like alerts. No, you got it. So yeah, I feel like it's always with that. It's like a get in and get out. Like that's like probably the last time I like logged into Facebook or something. It's like you mm -hmm. get in, you get out. I went to a, um, I, we have our current dining room table. I got from an estate sale um, and it's beautiful. It's like great table. It's a little bit that rickety, but it was like 200 bucks for a table and six chairs. It's all wood and like incredibly well-made that's the other thing i mean like my couch is from from an estate so my friend who is like selling she like sources and sells furniture um i bought it from her and she had gotten it in an estate sale and so that's like part of the reason it's like it is broken now so i'd have to replace it but uh it was definitely uh like you know it's cool shit i have no idea who the designer is and like it was yeah like don't sleep on estate sales either if you have the if you have the time and energy to go do it yeah it's super cool. I don't know. Like, I feel like New York is a great place for it. Although everybody discovered that estate sales are a thing. And mm -hmm. I decided to stop going to estate sales because we were also looking for a, um, my roommate was looking for a desk. I was looking for, so looking for a dresser or a mirror. And I showed up and it was like six kids in NASCAR t-shirts and like baggy pants. 
they're like, we're going to find so many single stitch tees. And I think I just like drove home. I was like, yeah, I'm done. This with was this. in New York or were you in like a, no, this was like in, Jersey? this is in Boston, like right outside okay. of Boston. Um, yeah. I feel like, I feel like you, if you go to like, there's probably like great places like Connecticut, Jersey, Pennsylvania, like they're, they're like um really nice uh, out on Long Island. They're really good things. And I, they would always come up for me because I used to be in New Haven. And if you set your radius to 50 miles, it would go across the um Long Island sound to Long Island. And so, like, all of the coolest stuff was across the the sound, and it would have been, like, a two-and-a-half-hour drive there to go and get it, but uh, could not. <laughs> you take a boat. Yeah, yeah I mean. boat. Yeah, to go and pick up, like, what, a couple of chairs? If you were, just like you know. kayaking you, home with a couch. If you were born rich, you could have just gotten a boat to do it. I could have just bought it new, or I yeah, would have had it bought, my own boat. You could have just custom done whatever you wanted. <laughs> Hey, you see this thing online? Uh, this one picture? Yeah, make it for me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, that's like the classic story. Like, here's a picture. Like, I'm trying to make this. It's like, why are you trying to make something that already exists? Like, is it really like that? Damn. <laughs> I, sometimes it's like, oh. sometimes I'm just like, I, we shouldn't do this. Like, like <laughs> this is a bad idea. Can I do this, but in a different color? And it's like, no, <laughs> you shouldn't. That's insane. Do you have any, like, really, I mean, stories that you're allowed to tell about people just being like, I want, x y and z and it's just insane like what you know what's the most insane commission that you've heard yeah i mean i would have to go back to that brand act it's just like extremely cringy things from the brand activation world like one time we were working on like a wine pavilion thing for it's so funny i'm gonna say all this because barefoot wine was like the like brand and it was this (laughs) agency some random agency that has this client right and they're clearly like people like it's like it's for gay pride week and like there's people that like have no idea they're like in missouri or something like this agency and so the the like brief that i got was like all right we're gonna render out and like build this like multi-story like wine pavilion and then the stairs like i got i got text for the stairs and each tread was supposed to have a different word on it and it was things like yas like queen slay and i was like bro the gay homies gonna tear y'all up for this shit like there's like no one like is no one like gonna say something like should i like write an email about the verbiage and then i did i was like yo listen if y'all do this like no one's gonna fuck with it like it's like this is like not like a good look like even though it's like barefoot wine, like, you know, so there's like things, there's stories like that. I think like from the the brand it, on the commission side, it's like, you know, the worst thing is like, yeah, like, you know, it's some, something boring that they found online. And then they like send me an image and are like, can we do it in this color or something like that? And that's typically when I'm just like, all right, this is, this isn't really like worth us like pursuing. Um, yeah. But that, that, that doesn't happen as often anymore just because like, it's just like a little more, a little more involved in like what how we're working with people i'm really kind of upset that you deprived the world of the the barefoot wine yes queen gay pride yeah, stairs i mean listen <laughs> like i sh- i mean i showed it to my gay friends they're like oh my god can you if your uh, name wasn't on that i was like i yeah no i mean it never that would have never that would never like made it to the portfolio yeah you gotta you gotta do the Met Gala stairs with Yas Queen Slay, Yas Queen Mama, Slay. Hunty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we gonna do that at the Met Gala for sure. Hunty, I was like, did they just like discover like? Are they like just doing this shit off Urban Dictionary? Like, what are where are they? 
<laughs> someone in Missouri just googling like words gay people like no it's like someone in Missouri watching like some random TV show with like one gay character in it like Johnson Johnson your daughter watches Queer Eye right what do they say what do yeah, they exactly. say in that show <laughs> that's terrible oh my god oh uh Harry uh we have a we have a Discord um that we uh that we call the 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 nicest Discord on the in the universe or something like that happiest place um, in fashion but pop off happiest place in fashion <laughs> happiest place in the entire universe um <laughs> it, we always whenever we do an episode we we have <laughs> like a so word blase about it. we have this fun uh, playlist with whatever <laughs> yeah it's great uh we we have a word or phrase that people can message us if they want to join the discord so the the bar for entry is listening to the podcast uh what what word or phrase should people message if they want to join um that i'm the first brown boy to get it popping on <laughs> yo are you a nap <laughs> fan hold on no 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 <laughs> i yeah. was gonna ask you i was like am i the am i the first brown guy on this podcast you are not the first brown guy wait oh, fuck. <laughs> no way no but, who's been on but you are the first to get it popping yes yeah, okay fine i'll take that <laughs> i'll take that um damn. but no i'm not a nav fan i was like him i was like we got all these Punjabi people out here and it's him. We like, they give us him. I got to send you some Nav songs. If you're not a Nav truther. No, my friend, my friend from Houston, like shout out Ross. Like he's always sending me Nav shit. I'm like, bro, I cannot, I cannot fuck with this at all. He's like the biggest Nav fan in the world. So Nav is very funny to me. Cause I, I'd consider myself like, I'm a fan of Nav as a person. His music is fine. He uses the same flow in every song. His voice is a little bit grating. Like, hey, he's Nav. He's the goat. But the other person that I started also listening to as a joke, but ended up really enjoying was Babytron. Like, the first oh, Babytron, Babytron is song, so good. I started yeah, listening to him and I was like, oh, who's this guy? Like, king of the world or king of the universe? All right. And then, like, two months later, he's my most listened to artist on Spotify. Whoa. Is Babytron you know, related you know who, to Nav you know who in some my- way? Mine no. was last year, like surprisingly, or not surprise. I guess not surprising if you like really it around me. Yeet was my like most played okay. artist. Yes, as it should be. You're yeah. a drainer, right? I, I fuck with the drain gang. Yeah, I'm sorry. I fuck with drain gang. <laughs> not like in like its most like recent iteration, but yeah, I fuck with I fuck with Blade. I fuck with the crew. I fuck with their old stuff, the more experimental yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the old sad boys days. Oh, Yeet's what is he still making music? Cause he went yeah, kind of yeah, quiet he just for a put while. out. He just put in. He, I feel like he's putting out a new project, or he just put out a okay. new project. Another one of those like twenty-one track albums where like two songs are good, but it's like okay. fine because it's yeah. like the shit's gonna blast. Like the shit's gonna bump in the car. It's this never a bump in the whip, guys. He is a bump in the whip guy. I saw him. I saw him live um, in Greenpoint last year, and it was like one of the worst like live performances. I was like, I knew this is like what we were gonna expect. <laughs> Like, it's just like the shit's going through. It's just like so bad. You can't really like redo these songs live and it's like not going through the vocoder. So it's like, what? how many, like, uh, how many kids under the age of 16 were getting literally like, all of them? Important. It was me and me. So my, uh, my junior designer who like works with us, shout out KP, he like put me on to eat like whenever back when he like started to get popping. And like as a thing, I was like, all right, our company retreat our studio retreat is going to go to, we're going to go to the eat concert and we went and there was no more, there weren't any tickets for the, uh, the Webster show or whatever the show in the city was. Yeah. So we go to the Greenpoint show and I think the Greenpoint show was the, uh, 18 plus show. 
So we're like over here in the back, like literally two of five people at the bar. And then in the rest of it's all like kids. <laughs> and so I was, we were just like A&R mode in the back, like, like chilling, like kind of like critiquing the entire performance. <laughs> oh, there's another pair of fake. And, and we look, yeah, we, we looked at each other and we're like, yeah, this shit is like hilariously bad. Like we, we ch- I didn't know what we were going to expect. Like what else we would. I saw future live. He sucked. Yeah, well, see, we actually did a future show um, with our friend, our our friend uh, Ariella Starkman Associates. They produced. Um, they actually, yeah, they they were like we were doing a party there, and like Future showed up and did a set. It was pretty funny. And uh, our our friend, our friend who's doing sound, like was like he ran into Future security, and his, his security was just like, "Who are you?" Like whatever. And he's like, "I'm the sound guy," and he's like, "Ah, he's good." And he hands him like a little blunt. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, damn. Another perk of uh, being born rich, you can hire all of these people for your inevitable bar mitzvah. Yeah. What do you mean inevitable bar mitzvah? Do you mean I'm going to have a bar mitzvah one day, whether I like it or not? Yeah, I'll bar mitzvah you. You get it, man. <laughs> you can do a you little mitzvah whether you like it or not. You can light your eight candles. I'm gonna have like a like a. You're gonna like ambush me with a bar mitzvah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. I think. Uh, I think you can get bar mitzvah at any age. Actually, am I a bad Jew for not knowing this? You just have to study, right? That's it. Like you have to study. I, I honestly don't even think you have to study anymore. I was I was in There's uh, like a website. Know, There's like a startup. There's a startup for it that you can yeah. <laughs> We're disrupting the bar mitzvah industry. Mitzvah. Not the parties. Yeah. The studying. Yeah. <laughs> it's like mitzvah with no vowels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what exactly what I was thinking. Dot IO. Not IO. Mitzvah dot IO. Oh my god. I'm sure that someone's gotta be on that if they're not like that would surprise <laughs> me if it if that domain wasn't taken or that, if that domain wasn't taken i would be very surprised look bar mitzvah.com or i'm sure bar Mitz- no, the Mitz- mitzvah.io uh looking back on bar mitzvahs because i went to a bunch as a kid some of you them did hire dancers to like you know you'd be playing whatever top 40 hits were going and then there'd be dancers who were probably like mid late 20s um and all of the 13 year old boys would be trying to like either flirt with them or grope them um which was astonishing but like shockingly regular um they got paid incredibly well um this is also back in like 2012 so um that's just a bizarre job like you work fridays and saturdays dancer yeah fridays and saturdays you probably pull like 130 140 thousand dollars a year and you just have to put up with 13-year-old boys. That's your job description. Do you think it's only... I mean, I'm sure they're doing other gigs too, right? Like, they can't just only be doing bar mitzvahs. Or you, you like a like... licensed bar mitzvah dancer only? <laughs> yeah. like you Certified have, like, kosher. Yeah, kosher, exactly. <laughs> you're like... You're not a, a dancer who does bar mitzvahs. You are a bar mitzvah dancer. <laughs> yeah, you get, like, licensed stamp. Do they? Are there specific bar mitzvah dances to learn? Uh, I mean, big one is jump up and down in place. That's a very 13 year old boy dance. No, no, no. Wait, the hired dancers. The, the oh, oh, you gotta, oh, uh, you got to do the Dougie. <laughs> the Dougie was huge. Oh my God. Um, what were the, what were the big dances when I was 13? You got to know how to do the John wall. Um, yeah, the John wall Dougie is a classic. That's a Gangnam shit. style was like tail end. Man, you were 13 when Gangnam Style was happening. Yeah, I sent a girl I was talking to. Uh, I should say talking to. I was trying to flirt with. She was two years older than me. A video of me doing the Gangnam Style dance. And then she stopped talking to me. 
<laughs> oh, that was that unspoken Riz. Song, you look so sad right now. Oh no, it was crazy. That was um crushing to thirteen year old me. I guess it was twelve at the time. You still haven't recovered. No. Some would say it's been a downward spiral since that moment. Mm. <laughs> You'll get there. Um, so Harry, we've got one last question we ask of all Pair of Kings guests. Um, it is our way of like bringing you into the fold as a as a guest. Um, Michael, do you want to ask? I think I asked it last time. Yeah. Uh, so if you had one year to eat a door, hinges, doorknob, everything, could you do it? And how? How I, I would fucking I would fucking eat a door. Huge. Okay. So it's like a. Dang. This sounds like an like Alex Jones question. Are you like are you ready to eat your fucking neighbor? Like, are you ready to eat a door? Yeah, I eat a door. You would um, first. I feel the left like doesn't want you to know this. They don't you want you eating that a door. shit. Exactly, because then yeah. Or you y'all remember DJ Khaled take the door off his hinges and the hinges to the fuck boy and it, oh and it the fuck boy's hand. It's like I ripped the door off. He was it was like his hot ones episode or something. He was like, <laughs> I do not know that this. line. So you don't oh, you gotta go back. This is like a classic, like back when DJ Khaled, like early internet, like come up like when he became a meme essentially was like he had this whole like monologue about like how he rips the doors off the hinges and then he like takes the hinges and he hands it to the fuck boys hands and then he tells the fuck boys you played yourself like that's like a classic dj khaled like thing. incredible anyways so that's the first thing you would do you take it off his hinges then you rip that shit up on a table saw put it in a blender with some water so now you're making like a pulp out of all these like door pieces and then yeah like within a year i mean you probably kill a door in like a month just like protein smoothie <laughs> like style i could kill door in a month i could kill door in a month like protein smoothie <laughs> style and uh yeah you just chug that shit with your like morning protein and then the hinges and everything yeah like that would be bit by bit like screw by screw cool yeah doesn't sound like a hard problem <laughs> this sounds like a hey, like got a anything difficult big bank quant problem like if you had a <laughs> if you had a year to eat a wooden door how long would it take you like calculate by rate of consumption multiplied by something or other. I feel like I could eat a lot of sawdust. Yeah, I'm, I, I mean like it is did. like the way. I mean they're just baking these things together because it's all just like fibers. Sometimes that's true. You're no one's like ever asked about like work. if it's one of those if it's like a like a heavy duty house door or if it's like oh, one yeah, of those like then, hollow shitty apartment doors. Yeah, I mean I'm thinking hollow shitty apartment door. If it's one of those like fire rated like metal doors that like like that's a little bit difficult but i feel like it just like an ornate wooden like suburban household door this is like where the like david blaine collab would come in like you're just Mm -hmm. you recruit david blaine to just do (laughs) you heard it here i would i like those shitty hollow apartment doors i would love to try and run through one of them because in my head it's oh you totally can yeah Yeah, my my friend was uh my friend was a door for Halloween once um, and he just headbutted his way through one of those doors and then carried it around. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's super, there's like a pound. Like that door is, I mean, those doors are like built out of nothing. Like, Part of me thinks it'd be very funny as like a visual gag, like maybe not a visit, like physical gag. Like you're visiting a friend and they're like getting ready, you know, in their bedroom and you just run through their door. <laughs> you're just like, here's Johnny it. No, not even just in one like fell swoop and then just like play it off as if that's the way you enter a room. You should try it at my apartment. I think my doors are solid. 
Like not shitty apartment doors? Not shitty apartment doors. No. Okay. Heavy. So why would I do it at your apartment? I'd hurt myself. Oh, I shouldn't have told you that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we also like to do, um, we do a little song of the week. Um, we have a running playlist where uh, every week we add a, a couple songs, us and a guest. Um, and you can listen to it at uh, Pair of Kings, The Ocho in all caps for this uh, this season's. Um, do you have a song you want to add? Yeah, let's go Today by O3 Greedo and Mike Free. Oh, hell yeah. This shit. Also, bump in the whip if you got a whip. Wait, you live in New York City. You don't have a whip, do you? I got a whip. I brought my car back from Texas. Yeah, Yo, you it got actually a whip? was very helpful. Yeah, it was very helpful because I ended up driving around a lot more than I thought I did. I thought I was going to. But also, yeah, for like moving shit around. Early on, I was moving a lot of furniture around, so it was helpful then. I got the roof rack to like move plywood around every now and then too. But um, nowadays, it's mostly just to get to and from like places and get out of the city pretty easily. Wait, where do you live? I'm in Chinatown. No, no, but you exactly. Park a car in Chinatown? Yeah, so I, it would, the first year of it was hell. Like I was like rage mode, like driving around the neighborhood every time, like 45 minutes at least trying to find a parking spot. Yeah. But then last year, my girlfriend was watching uh the car for me and she was just like now nah, we're getting a garage and so yes i park it at a garage like <laughs> not too far away that's my, worth uh, it my girlfriend's mom just bribed one of the parking attendants just 200 dollars a month she's like i will pay you i'll pay you on the first of every month just let me park here i don't want to pay 500 to the company that you work for i'll pay 200 dollars to you and the guy was fine with it it's way smart nice. actually way smart yeah it's like very new york hack thing yeah Michael, song of the week. What are you? What are you bumping in the whip? What am I bumping in the whip? Uh, I'm gonna say uh, "Miracle in Inches" by Glassjaw. I'm gonna be annoying this 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 week. I got it. Off of cool. Coloring Book. Off of Coloring Book. Shout out that Chance the Rapper album. Chance the Rapper. That's my favorite Chance the Rapper album. Is Coloring Book by Glassjaw. Oh, remember Chance the Rapper? Chance the Rapper. I saw his so hard. I saw his face on a magazine walking by, like, Iconic recently, like, the other day. And I was like, really? Chance the Rapper and someone... Oh, I feel like he worked... So, Theaster Gates also related to design. He's a he's a stage designer who had the, did the, like, most recent Serpentine Pavilion in London. Sure. And, uh, yeah, for, I think Chance is on a cover, and it just says Chance the Rapper and Theaster Gates. I don't know what magazine or what it was, but it's somewhere out there. And I was like... Huh, I hadn't thought about Chance in a minute. I did dance. Yeah, actually, that's a that's a funny. There's a funny Chance the Rapper story because I went to uh, I went to Vic Mensa's birthday like years ago. Okay. Um, back when he first signed with like Rock Nation, and it was at the 4040 Club, and I ended up like a couple hours in like just dancing with Chance the Rapper on a table, and like at one point like Jay Z and Beyonce had walked in and like gone to the corner of the room with their like eight bodyguards or whatever it was so funny because it was like the most random like someone had sent out a message where, like the vic throwing like his like i don't know 21st or 22nd birthday at like 40:40, and so it turned into that pretty funny that's also somebody who i haven't thought about in a long time vic mensa yeah. what is yeah. he up to no idea damn no idea. is it interesting time it really is we had a lot of like not pop stars, but like music stars sort of break out and then just disappear. Maybe. Like Asher Roth. Asher seeing Asher Roth in Rome. We got to get him imagine, on the podcast. That'd be crazy. Imagine the yeah, the I wonder what the Rome crowd for Asher Roth was like. I don't know how to say I love college in in 
Italian. I wish mi I did. Yeah, Yeah. No, not mi piace. Like, I, yeah, I don't remember Italian though. Um, so, what's your song of the week? My song of the week is "Foreigner" by Pop Smoke. Oh yeah, Pop Smoke. It's a good song. I don't know. I um, in my my white boy way, I'll get very into listening to Pop Smoke like once a month, and then I'll just not play it again for the rest of the month. So I've been cycling yeah. through old. I just say older music, especially a lot of the Supremes and a lot of the Spinners, Pop Smoke. Um, a lot of Latin music and then um, country, like a lot of country. Um, oh yeah, what you fucking with in country? Uh, what have I been listening to? Michael sent me a great song called um, "Feathered Indians" by Tyler Childers. Um, I was listening. I've been to wanting to put that one on the playlist so bad, but I feel like I don't want to just. I just th that title just throws me off. Eh, have you fair heard of, I've been listening to older country, like I guess yeah, I. Country, like Brooks and Dunn and like George Strait. Shit. Yeah, Cash, I've been listening dude. to a ton of George Strait. Johnny Cash. Yeah, there's like um, all that George Strait shit from the 80s is like, it's gas. Uh, and uh, Towns Van Zandt. Recently, there, have y'all heard of Charlie Crockett? He's no. like the like, he's supposed to be like the new breakout like country star. And he's like pretty good, pretty, pretty good. Charlie Crockett. I feel like we get a new Charlie country Crockett. star every like year and a half. Like it was Casey Musgraves yeah. and Orville Peck. And who's before that? Um, you know who I thought it would have been? Who was like the he was like the Kid Leroy of country Kid G? Did y'all ever hear about him? Kid, Kid G. G. No. So it's like K I D D G, and he was like he has this uh, teenage dream was like his like breakout song, which I absolutely fucking love. Like great, song, teenage great dream. Katy Perry song too. And he like was supposed to be like the one crossover because he he had he was like a soundcloud rapper or something and then he pivoted just like you know on his like middle of them all like white boy rapper shit to like country like he did a reverse post malone and okay. he seemed like he would be the one and i'm like just been kid quiet g. so i'm i'm hoping kid g brings us more hits post malone oh, he looks like, like a yeah kid g looks like a like a country boy who's really into rap yeah, he from Georgia. Oh wait, Harry. Yeah. You listen to the Georgia Boys? No. So it's I assume from from Georgia, but it's a group of guys that make country rap. Um, it's J A W G A, uh, B O Y Z. Georgia. So good. It's really good, but it's like the it's it's like uh, how did I describe? It? It's like Nav. You know what I mean? Like you're not gonna like it the first time you listen to it, and you listen to like five songs, you'll be like, "All right, they were cooking. Like they were doing it something." Doesn't sound like Nav at all. No. <laughs> the current lineup is D Thrash, Boondog, Cornbread, Dez, Chris Hood, Sloppy Jones, and Dreadneck. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of boys. So it's plural. This is, this is like the uh, this is the country Brockhampton. <laughs> the country Brockhampton. Wait, how many how many heads are in this? There's seven. Yeah. They add like, like can I be the eighth member of the They team? haven't come yeah. out with a they haven't come out with an can, album. Can us three just like join and like <laughs> add like yeah. ten more people and then we can become Brockhampton for a country? <laughs> Brockhampton for country. The unproblematic Brockhampton. I'll be Who would have known the Brockhampton from Georgia was less problematic than the Brockhampton? <laughs> That's crazy. So interesting. They have a uh their their five albums listed are Country K U N T R Y, Hip Hop One Hundred One, Reloaded One, Tailgate Music, and then four years later Reloaded Two, which is crazy. Hell yeah! 
This is sick. I gotta listen to more Georgia Boys. No, sorry, Georgia Boys. Georgia Boys. Georgia the boys. other that that also reminds me of what is that? What's that like UK group? Bad Boy Chiller Crew. Y'all know Bad Boy Chiller Crew? No. No. This is another kind of like crazy group. Oh wait, me. no, I do know them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, there's like it, it's like how you describe like you hear the first five songs are really bad and then they start getting good. Okay. Um, yeah, that's like like pure chav like it's really good videos too. Yeah. Interesting. I want to, just as like an anthropological study, I want to go clubbing in Essex. Uh, yeah. You... I went to London for the first time um, back in August, but I, I didn't. What What's up with the clubs in Essex? Every like hyper trashy person on Love Island is from Essex. Uh, and okay. there used to be a show called The Only Way is Essex that I used to watch with my old roommate. Shout out Lindsay. And Hold on. Let me see if I can send you like the only way is Essex. Is there like a trailer or something? It like think about the Kardashians, but for like people from Essex, I, I how would I describe it? It's just like garbage. To, oh, there's 30 seasons. Holy fuck. Love Island. I'm no, familiar the with only that. way is Essex. Only way is Essex. This is insane. Okay. So this, I'll just, this is like, this is like the like father show or mother show to Love Island. Well, Love Island's pretty deep into seasons two, I think. Right? They're on season 11, 10? Maybe this thing's been going since 2010. Yeah. It's incredible. You know how they're pushing that show Bling Empire or whatever on Netflix? This was Bling Empire just in Great Britain. Amazing. Except the people aren't rich. I need to watch. We have a friend on that show that's like in the recent. Oh, yeah. Bling Empire? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Um, yeah, Blake. to give you, I gotta, I gotta see Blake in the show. <laughs> to give you an idea Blake. of one of the plot, not even plot lines, just things that happens in the only way is Essex, and this is in like season two, I think, is a girl gets vajazzled, and it's like basically an episode of like what happens when she gets vajazzled. What is vajazzled? Like, oh, sorry, that's yeah, an old thing. Yeah, so is- uh, they take small i think they're Savarsky crystals or whatever and they glue them uh to a woman's um pubic area uh so instead of bedazzled it's bedazzled uh okay i didn't hear it yeah okay yep it's 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 insane i don't know give it a watch if you're feeling like wasting three hours of your time it's not good it sounds like a good idea yeah sounds like great great source material so (laughs) Thank you so much to everybody for joining us on this episode of Pair of Kings podcast. I am Saul Thompson. You can find me on Instagram at Saul Thompson. I'm joined this week not only by my wonderful co-host. I'm Michael Smith. You can find me on Instagram at at underscore Smithstagram. But this week by our lovely guest. Harry Chada at Harry Chada underscore C-H-A-D-H-A. Harry, before we go, take the floor. The next however many minutes are yours. Give some shout outs. Tell the people where they can find you, where they can find your work, et cetera, et cetera um pop off shout out to y'all thanks for having me on um i want to shout out my mom and my dad good shout out even though they won't ever probably listen to this podcast um (laughs) um but my mom listens and she'll be glad you said that oh hell yeah okay shout out to your mom too um (laughs) shout out michael's mom and then yeah my more work is chata ranch is the studio c-h-a-d-h-a ranch.com is the website and on instagram at the same shot ranch and that's like our practice that dives into architectural design interior design kind of scenic and set design as well 
Um, and then at my own practice at Harry Chata, harrychata.com um, is where you can find kind of all my personal works and furniture and, and everything else. Um, and yeah, shout out to all the the collaborators and people I work with, um, too many to list off, but, um, love you guys. Love everyone. Don't be a, don't be a basic fashion guy. Go follow some very interesting furniture creators. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Get on the, get on the right side of history. <laughs> side of history. <laughs> <laughs> what a dramatic ending. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much to everybody for listening. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Pair of Kings Pod. You can email us with any business inquiries at Pair of Kings Pod. As always, this has been the Pair of Kings Podcast. We are bringing you business as usual. Tom Foolery is planned once a week, every week for the foreseeable future. Take care, everybody, and have a great Thursday. Bye, everyone. Mm-hmm.